Welcome back into another episode of Tailgate Talks, brought to you as always by our good friends at GuyBostonSports.com. Andy and Bobby in studio tonight. Lots to discuss. We're going to give you our NFL Combine review. Winners, losers, and freakish numbers. Going to go around some news and notes around the league. And then we're going to fix some NFL squads, particularly the New York teams. We'll be walking you through how the New York Giants and the New York Jets can rebound after some tough seasons. As always, sit back, relax, let's get it. There it is. I'm still not used to this whole delay thing, but we'll get there. We'll get it there. It throws you off. It's fine. Yeah. It's acceptable. Yeah. It's always a rough way to start the show, but like it's a rough show. What are we going to do? You, you, I mean, you do the countdown and everything. And this, it's off. It's wrong. It just you means gotta... nothing. It's just me yeah. counting numbers. I do know how to count down from five. That's <laughs> could have fooled me. Yeah. Hello, Andy. Just, how are you? I'm good, Bobby. How are you? Doing good. I had a good weekend. I got to enjoy the nice weather here in New England. And uh, I got to see some great athletes perform some amazing feats. Oh, at the NFL amazing. I will say, I got back from Maine on Sunday and it was so nice out and I just got oh. everything I needed to do done. I went and got my car washed. Oh, it's always beautiful. Good. Beautiful. You have to ride out I, to... I don't know. I, I, I rode outside with the windows down. It was probably the first time I've done that in I'd, six months. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, uh, top the, uh, what was it? Sunroof. That was open. It was beautiful. Oh. Well, just point. wonderful. I think I got a bug in my face, but you know, we'll deal with that. I did learn one. I, I am starting to learn one sad thing about myself that I'll share with the listeners. I'm learning that my body can no longer tolerate as much spicy food as it used to, uh, particularly Chipotle hot salsa. I just, I don't do well with it anymore. I don't know. Do you get it when you go to Chipotle? Um, I, I can deal still with deal with spice. I'm, I'm not having that issue. To be honest with you. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't know. Do you get that salsa when you go there? No, not that specific okay. salsa. I like, I've always loved it. Always gotten extra in my bowls. And lately I'm just like, I'm feeling this after the other day, girlfriend gets it. She just got like a thing of it on the side and I just have it with some chips, just plain, you know, I'm not actually putting the full Chipotle in me and I was still feeling it. So I'm very disappointed. And I think that chapter of my life is just over or I can handle it. So I know, I know. This is hard for me, man. Like, I'm accepting this. My body and a particular part of my body is telling me to stop this. You should probably listen. (laughs) Yeah, I probably will. But all right, enough about my body breaking down. Let's talk about some amazing bodies and the things that they did that we saw this week. athletes. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't throw that term around. But anyway, NFL Combine was this past week, weekend, and it was on record the fastest combine we've ever seen. I think the average was something stupid, like a four, seven, eight for the 40 um, overall. I think there was a stat I saw offensive linemen. There were 12 that ran a sub five previous drafts. The record was like three, 12 quadrupled it. Is that quadrupled is four times, right? Or is that five? I just want to make sure we got that, you know, but yeah, it was just some unbelievable numbers that we saw, um, you know, for the four days there. And, you know, I wanted to start the show off today. I just want to talk about the, the winners of the combine and the inevitable, if there's winners, there have to be losers. Um, I know you have a couple guys you want to point out as like the overall, just like, I know I'm going to point out a couple awesome performances and but I wanted to have you kind of start off. Just tell us about like your guys who won this whole thing. Appreciate it. So um, I'm gonna kind of try to break down the three overall winners. Um, so best overall just performance, in my opinion, goes to Trayvon Walker. Every single drill he did, just freak of nature. Just every stat number he could pull, every this 40-yard dash, his three-cone shuffle, just everything he could perform at, he did phenomenally. He just he might be the best actually overall athlete in this draft. He just did so well. So if we're looking specifically at performance, congratulations, Trayvon. Um, biggest surprise performance definitely has to go to Jordan Davis. Uh, <laughs> to be 6'6", 340 pounds, and run a 4.78 40-yard dash. That is a nightmare fuel for future or current NFL players as that guy starts to get into the league. He's coming up the middle untouched. You're dead. You're just – you're not even – you're not even <laughs> touching punches. You're dead. 
And then final one I want to give some credit to, and this is more less, you know, um, athleticism and just, you know, kind of that freak ability. Um, Sauce Gardner, um, his body measurements are absolutely absurd. 6'3 with a 79-inch wingspan, and he ran a 4-4-1 40-yard dash. Honestly, you, just, you know, you don't even need to be good corny. He just covers half the field by standing there. It's unbelievable. So it is. congratulations to him having great measurements. Again, not really his job to do that, but those are my three biggest wowses of Victor Combine. No, and I had them on my list. And Sauce, I mean, hey, he's a freak for a reason. He didn't give up a touchdown and you know, over a thousand snaps throughout college. And, you know, obviously it wasn't against all power five teams, but he did it against Bama. He did it against everybody he did play. So no, nah, he was astounding to kind of continue on with more of the winners though um the georgia bulldogs i'm gonna sum this up because they will be a theme throughout this combine episode throughout draft season at this point but they absolutely destroyed this combine this was the georgia combine 2022 the national champions the numbers that they put up are ridiculous you mentioned jordan davis and trayvon walker Trayvon Walker ran a 4-5-1 40-yard dash, a defensive end at 272 pounds. That is not human. Like, you mentioned Jordan Davis. Trayvon Walker should not have this kind of speed. Look at that other 40-yard dash you just saw here and the stocks of these guys have gone up. Lewis Seen, the safety, he is now getting first-round talk after being kind of a maybe mid-end of the second-round guy. A 4-7-3-40, just some absolutely stupid numbers here. I got to go through some. He had a 36-and-a-half-inch vertical, too. Um, you had a guy, Zamir White and James Cook, the two running backs. Dalvin Cook's younger brother. They both ran 4-4 um, four four and 4-2. Four just good. George Pickens, who is coming off an ACL, barely played last year. He was his top recruit. Everyone was wondering, you know, why is he coming out early? Does he still have the athleticism? A four-four-seven at his size, which I'm going to get that right now because it's going to bug me if I don't say his full size here. But he ran a four-four-seven, pretty damn good, and he's weighing in at if this thing would load, that'd be amazing. I didn't want to pull up 82 different screens because there's just so many bulldogs here. A lot of players. Six six three one ninety five. Thirty three inch vertical jump too. He had a nice broad as well. I mean, the guy came out and showed us that he still has it. Now, I mean, he has some questions about why wasn't he the focal point of the offense. Um, you mentioned Jordan Davis four four seven eight, just ridiculous. Josh Allen pretty broad jump too. That's and his vertical was, I think, 32 or 36. I'm blanking on it right 36. now. I'm 36? Okay, yeah. Just That's not normal. Did you see the fall he had, though? No, I didn't. Oh, he goes for the vertical and then just tumbles on well, his landing. Pounds. I'm going to feel for the guy a little bit on that one. <laughs> no, you don't have – hey, you don't have to stick the landing. You just got to get your hand up there. Um, but his teammate and defensive line teammate, Devontae Wyatt, he showed out too. He might be the better one of the two, and he ran a four seven seven. Like these are just fair. no. Their their place kicker ran a four five six or a four yeah. five two. Yeah, yeah. Their place kicker. You, you essentially watched and went, okay. I see why they won the title. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Channing Tyndall four four seven, and he I think he had the highest vertical jump at forty two inches. So the Georgia Bulldogs, they came out and did pretty damn well i think we can all admit that um let's keep going here let's we'll get off georgia for a little bit and we'll go to my team ohio state gotta mention it you have to mention it chris olave and garrett wilson the ohio state wide receivers this year uh both of them olave had a strong 40 439 the rest of his workout was okay but you know all he had to come out and do was really check some boxes i think he secured himself a first round pick uh garrett wilson coming into the draft or the combine the question about him was is he fast is he gonna run sub four five or at least a four five you know to maintain that first round status well he blew that out of the water for the four three eight so he might have secured wide receiver one status in this class really puts himself in a good position. He has strong overall workout as well. So those guys made themselves some money. Um, I know you don't want to – you hate – you don't like this guy. I know from the interviews, but Kayvon Thibodeau hey, did well. Kind of a douche. <laughs> he is kind of a douche. But 
that douche did really well on the podium, seemed to interview with teams pretty well. That was the word coming out that I've seen. And again, just very charismatic on the podium, tells everyone he's ready for New York media. He's been getting ready for that. So that's a huge part of the combine too. And it's not just what you do on the field, which I'll talk about a little bit more, but still came out 27 bench reps, which is among the top among defensive ends. Not a great year for the bench. I was disappointed. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the loser section. Um, but a 45840 as well at his size, pretty impressive. So Kayvon Thibodeau, I think he and Aiden Hutchinson, who, you know, Hutch, he had a great he he did he did what he had to do. He had a really good three cone drill. I think it was top four in the entire thing. Um, both of them kind of secured, I think, their spots as probably top five picks at this point. And honestly, I think if you go back to Trayvon Walker, I'm seeing him mocked at number as high as number three, how to do certain things. He doesn't have pass rush moves. But he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's already a hell of a run stopper. And if you're a coach looking at that, you're like, this 272 with a four five, I can work, I can turn this guy into a pass rusher. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we'll go to, you know, we have to talk about a couple quarterbacks I thought did really well. Really, for me, the main one is Malik Willis. And if he didn't test, all he did was the on field throwing drills, showed off the arm strength. There were a couple that were a little questionable at times. But this guy, the word out of there is he blew teams away with his interviews and is really clearing his way into the QB1 spot. And again, Combine's not about what you do on the field all the time. It's what you say to these teams. There's that video of him helping the homeless guy out. Apparently it was a pregnant woman, according to him, in an interview I heard. So um, we all got that one wrong in the media. But just kind of showing off his character and teams were apparently very impressed with him. So not going to be surprised when he's the way, if, and when I think he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. I also want to shout out a smaller prime prospect and over zone EJ Perry, the fourth from my hometown um, from Brown university went there and he was overall, I think next gen stats had him as the highest, most athletic or the, he had the highest athletic grade, of any of the quarterbacks there. And it was impressive overall. He ran like a four, six 40. He was second in that second in vertical jump, second in broad jump behind Desmond Ritter did a couple other things. He actually had, I gotta, I gotta find this one. Cause it's going to bug me. Um, he was fourth. I want to say, come on. It was the 20. I hate when NFL.com won't load for me. It just doesn't make it easy. I just want the 20 yard shuttle. Here we go. He was sixth overall in the twenty yard shuttle. Sixth overall. Just a kid good. from kid from the Ivies. Pretty impressive for the four one eight. You know who he was just behind? Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> now again, not everybody tests, but still a pretty impressive number. There's that video of him picking up trash afterwards. You know, he's a good guy. And you know, I watched him in his throws. There was a little inaccuracy at times, but he's got he's got some arm strength and an athletic he's an athletic profile. If you're a team looking in the late rounds, day three, six, seven, he's a kid I think you're gonna want to take a shot on. Smart, good character, and there's definitely some tools there. So I think EJ did really well for himself. And Mac needs a backup. Just for your hometown hero. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't hate it at all. That'd be a great story. You already mentioned Sauce Gardner. I've got him on my list. I think at this point he might have secured QB or cornerback one, one status. One other thing I definitely want to bring up is uh, 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 Brees Hall. Um, just very quickly, running back, 5'11", 217 pounds, 4'4", 1", 40-yard dash. Speed, size, and power, ladies and gentlemen, in the running back position is exactly what you want. Uh, and he – did very well at the combine for a running back his size. <laughs> nah, great. I think he's he made himself some money, and the the running back one status or debate I think is still up for grabs. But he definitely made a strong push. Kenneth Walker ran a four three eight forty. Again, it doesn't matter as much for running backs, but that's still a number you like to see, and he is going to push it. But you know, I can see no one's going in the first round. Can say that no one made themselves a first rounder in terms of running backs. Uh, but Brees Hall definitely has a strong case to be the quarter to be running back one. I'm mixing up my positions today. Um, I've heard him mock to Miami a lot in the second round. The him that guy in Mike McDaniel's running offense, if they can get an offensive lineman in round one, is going to be something just scary to watch. And fantasy owners, that's the one you're going to want to keep an eye on. I, I already told Bobby in our league that you know. 
pick one. It'll be it'll be Brees Hall. Other Bobby's got him actually. Oh jeez. I know. I know. Disappointing. All right. Couple more I want to blow through. Icky Aquanu. Hell yeah. of a workout. Sub five forty. And there's I think he's made a strong debate about really who is the off O line one. And I think he could make a case for Jacksonville. Trent Balky likes guys who are physical, can run block, and he's got a history. So Icky, great on the stand, great in the podium, and obviously showed off he's a hell of an athlete. So he might have put himself – he's put himself firmly in the number one pick conversation. I don't think that's outlandish to say at this point. I wanted to let you chime in there, but I felt like you had something. No, I uh, definitely want to point out Christian uh, Watson, though. Um, probably the biggest, biggest rise arguably in the entire combine. Uh, I don't know if you disagree with that, but I think through draft, I think through draft season, nobody, a lot of you know, average fans and stuff. I didn't know who this guy was prior. He's played at North Dakota State, which is the Alabama of the FCS. Since <laughs> there it is, <laughs> you saw him have a strong performance at the Senior Bowl, and he's third, second rounder potentially showed out. The number he led in so, or was up there in so many categories for oh, the combine. It. What do we got here? We got a 4-3-6-40. I'm pretty sure he won the broad jump. He definitely yep. did. Yep, 11-4. That's stupid. That's crazy. Yeah. The record is 12-3 by Byron Jones, which I don't think, I anyone's, gonna, I don't think anyone's gonna touch that. That's, that's so crazy. When that's he, like I remember, a, that's I remember that when he did that. Yeah. It's so weird because I feel like the broad jump is that thing we all watch and we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then you like have to take a seat, sit back and like, oh shit. Oh shit. That was really far. Like the 40, you know what fast is. Like you know it when you see it. But just oh goodness. Yeah. No, that's some power right there. I I saw a mock draft today. Christian Watson, end of the first round. I think that guy, he's not getting out of round two. He's like Sky Moore, who I don't have my winners here, but he had a hell of a combine too. Uh, he's a guy, if he gets past pick 64, I would be absolutely shocked. And then hoping the Patriots maybe make a move. That would be amazing. If he made it to 50, what are we at, 53? I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, any day of the week. Last one I want to point out in terms of my winners, got to go with the little guy. Calvin Austin, the third for Memphis, really overall just a strong one. Um, he did lead the overall pack in the 20-yard shuttle with a 407, and then the three-cone drill as well. He was up there in the vertical, and the bro- or was he in the vertical? He was a little less in the vertical. But the broad jump, I know he was up there too. 40s, he was very high as well. He's one of the – I think he – he didn't lead it because we got that kid from Baylor with the four two three, but um, really strong showing. He's small; he's like five seven. But you put him in the right offense, he's got the speed and agility that he's going to make a difference in the NFL. Fully agree, and uh, kind of tail off some huge winners from our NFL Combine, who hopefully improve their draft stock and hopefully show signs of future NFL potential. Hopefully. We hope that. Otherwise, the whole draft is no- useless in that case. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. It's all crapshoot. It really, it's all about risk and seeing what translates. But we got we have obviously named the winners. We have to talk about the guys who didn't impress so much. And I want to point out a couple of guys to start. And they didn't test. They didn't do anything at the Combine. And it's it did hurt their stock. And the first guy I'm going to point out is Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU, who – Coming into the year, everyone basically for the last three years, everyone has said is the top quarterback in this class. And two years ago, you could have made an argument that, you know, if we don't see a quarterback in 2022, which we don't have, he could be the number one overall pick. Now I'm hearing he could drop as low as 20. And the issue is that we know he's a freak athlete, but the last two years after his incredible 2019 season was some of the best tape I've ever seen. So he had injuries somewhat of a lack of motivation to play, which we saw what happened to the LSU team after that 2019 championship. And I don't know if anyone can blame him. Um, And now he's coming off a Liz Frank injury in his foot. Those things can linger. He's still not ready to test. It's a little concerning that that's the case right now. Apparently he's going to work out at his pro day, I believe late March. So we'll see, but 
the rumors are starting to hit Derek Stingley, and his stock continues to fall. Now, I understand your point, and I don't think it's going to matter. I, I don't think his stock is falling because it takes one team to take the risk. And if he goes through his pro day and shows that he's at least healthy, regardless of anything else, if he shows that he can run, perform what he needs to perform and do what he needs to do, there'll be a team in the top 10 somewhere that will just take the risk and the flyer on him. Because really the only competition is Amar Gardner who might have passed him for corner one. But other than that, there's really nobody else that's going to risk being a top corner. You need a top corner in today's league. So I can see it, and I think he has some of the highest upside in the league. But that injury is going to linger. He, if he shows out at his work at his workout, then I'll put him yeah. back in the top twelve at least. I don't think but, he falls past Minnesota. That's what I'm saying, though. I'm not too afraid because I, I, I just I, the combine is important, but it does for top guys like this. It doesn't fully affected the notion again it's that he didn't it's not that he just didn't test plenty of guys didn't evan neal didn't test and i still have him going number one overall but it's the combination of not testing the liz frank injury which again said i heard a story this week santonio holmes he got that and he was done at 28 he was just done couldn't do it anymore um and just again the last two years of just kind of lingering injuries and Lingering questions about his durability. You saw it with Caleb Farley last year. He fell to twenty. He fell to the you know mid twenties to Tennessee. He was cornerback one at that point. He's a freak athlete, and now we don't we don't know what his deal is. He didn't play much last year at all. I don't think, and we'll see if he does anything in twenty twenty two. But it's a risk that I think NFL teams are going to start to move away from. So we'll see. There's also a rumor that he's just not an alpha. And people are a little concerned about that. But like I said, we will see with with, uh, Derek Stingley, but I think his stock is falling right now. Another guy who I'm worried about is Drake London, who I know you love, Bobby, and I'm going to say this. There's rumors that he was going to run like a 4-7 at the Combine. If he came out and did that, he would fall out of the first round. No doubt in my mind. Now, what I just said about Derek Stingley, I'm going to pull a complete 180, and that's because – Sorry, Mosquito. A uh, complete new set of options. Uh, excuse me, other options for uh, teams. <laughs> There's seven, eight, nine, ten other receivers who guys can draft in the first round, second round, whatever. So Drake London not showing up and not performing is actually a huge deal this time because there's just so many other options for teams to look at. Agreed. So at his position. <laughs> now, if he comes out and runs a four or five, I think he's going to be set as a first rounder. And he'll do that at his pro day, and we'll see what happens. Obviously, we know pro day times gets add plus O2 or something like that. But, um, you know, he should be. Hopefully, he's okay. There's questions coming up now. Is his profile 6'5 in the 215 range going to translate to the NFL? There's the stat going back, I think it's to 2000 or 2010, where We've had one guy with that profile be a pro bowler, and it was A.J. Green. And A.J. Green was a freak, to be fair. So is he going to translate? Is he Is he Mike? He's not Mike Evans. We all have to just admit this. Uh, Drake London looks really good on tape, and he's one of the best jump ball players in this draft, and he can do a lot of damage out of the slot. But how fast is he, and is he going to translate to the NFL? I don't know if some teams are going to take a risk, especially if he isn't testing and – we're not sure about his 40 time. So we will see with him. Might be a late first rounder right now. I'm not going to take him out of round one, but I am worried. I want to see it. So I trust NFL uh, teams at this point, and more importantly, diet, dietitians, to be able to add about 15 pounds of muscle onto a 20-year-old body. So, yes, he is a little thin for being 6'5 right now. I think he can pack on a little bit of extra muscle. Yeah, but can you still play the same style of game you have with that extra weight? You haven't done it your whole life. I, 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 in today's NFL, just with how much they put into training and dieting and nutrition, <laughs> I think it's doable. Bobby is a big fan of modern medicine, everybody. I love oh, that. I, I mean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Again, I'm not taking him out. I'm just a little skeptical. Uh, that one I support more than Sting, uh, Stingley. I will give you that. London that's fair. Uh, a couple of wide receivers who didn't have great workouts. Uh, David Bell, I'm going to start with from Purdue. Guy's been consistently in the second high third round pick. Just didn't come out and put up good numbers, honestly. Just not as athletic. But I think with him, 
he is his stock is not going to drop too much because we've seen what he can do in the field. He was a Blitnikov finalist for a reason, but just the athletic testing really didn't blow anybody away. It wasn't to my, what I would call just like average for him, like what I expected. So that one, he definitely took a little bit of a hit. Traylon Burks, That's and bad. it's it's not bad because he didn't have a bad combine. The problem is everyone hyped him up to have this amazing combine where. He ran a 4.55 at 225 pounds. That's good. But everyone thought he'd be in the 4.4s. Four he was supposed to come out and have 10 and like a quarter inch hands or something. It was like nine and three quarters. Uh, basically, everything with Burks was just a little bit less than what we expected. And thus, it is it is kind of a hit because we all was, thought he was this freak. And he, he is still. It doesn't take it away from him. But, you know, it was a little disappointing to see because – so hyped up. It was like the Star Wars. It was not as bad as the Star Wars movies, yeah. but what Star Wars movies? The new ones. There are no new ones. The well, six you know movies, Andy. Oh yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, Kyron Williams for running backs. He didn't take a hit for me because I just don't like Kyron Williams as a prospect. Not that much. He has the whole question with him was he's a good pass catching back. He could pass block. And he's a patient runner, but he's not super athletic. Four six five in the forty, just just numbers that really didn't impress me. So he, for me personally, he didn't drop, but it's just not. I wasn't. He wasn't that high to begin with for me. So I think he took a little bit of a hit because he's just he's not going to be the NFL athlete. I think a lot of teams expect him to be. Um, so definitely a hit there. A couple edge rushers. George Kaloftis, I don't think was explosive as people thought. He's been on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. His stock's kind of falling a little bit. I've seen him mocked in the early second round at this point. Now I do. I think he's going to drop that bad. No, but I also think it seems like the media might be a little higher on him. So we will see. Uh, Kingsley and Agbury, not great numbers, just athletically. He's a guy who graded really well and has a lot of pass rush potential, but he's kind of seen his stock slip. Who knows? Maybe a team's going to get a value in the fourth round or the third round or something like that with him, but He's taking a hit. And one final thing in terms of the losers, it's not a player. It's NFL fans. I watch the combine. I enjoy watching the combine. It looks weird because I'm just watching a bunch of big guys in their underwear running around. Number one, this year, their issues. Constantly, NFL Network would just die out. And I know other people were having this issue where they it would just cut out and wasn't streaming anymore. Jake Flaherty, I know you're listening out there somewhere. I know you feel my pain, but I want to watch the 40, the tight end start, and I can't get it streaming. So constant issues with the NFL Network there. The lack of star power. I hate that we are at a point in the draft process where players, they feel perfectly fine skipping the combine. And I get it. I have no issue with it. It's a business decision. But I hate that we don't get to see Evan Neal test. I hate that Derek Stingley, I know it's an injury, but like maybe he could have gone. I hate that guys are only doing certain, you know, drills. Um, you know, nobody benched this year. Nobody benched. <laughs> I was pissed. Zion Johnson. We'll go through the leaders real quick, but Zion Johnson had 32 reps on the bench. He was like one of the only, you know, there's Guys weren't doing it. The guy who was expected to win is Leo Chanel. He said he's going to wait till his pro day. I don't want to have to go watch the Wisconsin pro day to see 45 reps on the bench. Come on. Guys love the pro day. No, I mean, just run the damn – run the drills. What are you – I mean, I know you have a lot to lose, but I just would like to see that. Um, and finally, just the NFL Network commentary. I love Daniel Jeremiah. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorites. Rich Eisen I can enjoy. I like um, the, yeah, no, I like him. The on-field, though with the segments they were doing with Michael Irvin, Kurt Warner, and Steve Smith. Just – it was just a bunch of old guys, like, making jokes at each other. So I just didn't enjoy it. I, the the only two players I've enjoyed being at the NFL Combine are Steve Smith, who I think is, it's just funny when he talks to other, like, younger players because he's such a that, – uh, That part I don't mind. And Deion Sanders, still in my opinion, has the best all-time player performance at an NFL Combine commentating. <laughs> Dion is a legend, and he is a different kind of breed. 
Um, and I just the- I don't I don't get I just it's like Michael Irvin and first of all Kurt Warner grew a Santa beard for this which I don't get like he's not that old I'm sorry but they just like they're just making fun of each other calling each other fat on this on the thing and Steve Smith's like oh I'm bald yeah 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 like I don't know it's it's, it's not fun to watch I I actually want to hear I love when Daniel Jeremiah talks because he actually breaks these guys down he's breaking down what the drills mean, how it translates to the NFL. They were literally showing the tight end routes and then showing like clips of Mark Andrews doing that in a game. Like that's what I want to hear. Not Michael Irvin just like laughing weirdly. Well, and I fully support my um, all those reasonings and I'm happy you got that out, but I'm a little disappointed. You forgot one loser of the NFL combine and I'm a little surprised you left him off the board. Mr. Kenny, Mr. Kenny Pickett. Tiny hands, uh, little, little T-Rex hands, little 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 baby hands. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, he'll play with two gloves on. Measure him with two gloves. <laughs> Sam, man, got some real small hands. Right. Hey, hey, let's not make jokes. I measured my hands. I got just over eight and a quarter, so I'm just a little bit below Kenny Pickett. But... I'm definitely smaller than that. I got, I got small hands. Ah, oh, man, you got to get the measurement for the podcast. But eight. Eight and like I think it's three eighths, three eighths, eight and three eighths. I felt pretty good, um, but yeah, Kenny, can you pick it? Eight and a half. We have to do a live combine performance next year. I think we do. I've got my bench down at eleven right now. <laughs> I benched as much as Justin Ross, so I would have tied for last. I got one. <laughs> I'm mad though. I got beat by the uh, LSU kicker. Ooh, tough bit. 12. I know I'm pissed, but we'll do that. We'll get those measurements in. But yeah, Kenny Pickett, eight and a half inch hands. It's not to mean he's not going to be able to play in the NFL, but he did have 26 fumbles and I believe 49 games at Pitt. I, I It's a concern. It, it's going to sound really dumb. It might to you, it might to somebody else, I'm not sure, but I really think Northern teams will avoid him now. I, I old having to throw that ball. I wouldn't it be ain't going to work. <laughs> I it would not be shocked. Maybe Carol. Carolina doesn't have a second round pick actually. So, um, I mean, overall, I don't think the quarterback showed anything particular except for Malik Willis. And I, I still look at him and I don't see like a stud. I see a guy with potential. He's got the highest or ceiling. He's got, he's got that athleticism fall back on Desmond Ritter does too, but there's no pop in his arm. If if you're Washington who have reportedly been reaching out about quarterback trades, like a mad rabbit, and you're just there for the best option. Malik Willis is looking pretty good to you right now. That's very fair. Again, we'll see what happens with him. We'll see what happens with these quarterbacks. I don't think we have a ton of clarity other than Malik Willis is the favorite to be the first one off the board. Um, other, after that, I don't know. It's kind of wild. I don't think any of them look particularly great. For some reason, every time I watch Sam Howell throw on Friday <laughs> night, I just kept seeing balls getting dropped. Or it was – was it Friday or Thursday? One of the nights. But I just watched him, and I swear, every pass he threw, I was like, that was a drop. Like, why Why can't – is just nobody able to catch these balls? Is he throwing to the worst guys? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It was wild to me. A um, couple other just really impressive measurements. The winner of the 40-yard dash was Kalen Barnes, a cornerback from Baylor. 4-2-3, second highest ever. <sighs> wild stuff. Tariq Willen, I'm pretty sure, had like a 4-2-6. So he was also like top five ever. Um, he won the vertical leap, tied it actually with Channing Tindall, I mentioned earlier from Georgia, 42-inch vertical. That's We're getting toward NBA level there. Uh, broad jump winner, we mentioned Christian Watson. Zion Johnson was the uh, bench press leader, 32 reps. Again, just kind of sad this year. I'm pretty disappointed. And then Calvin Austin won the 20 yard and thir- and three cone. I love how the NFL network has the 60 yard shuttle on the, on the uh, webpage and not a single player did it. Not a single one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of shuttles. To be fair. It's a lot of shuttles, but I mean, overall fastest combine we've seen. I heard a rumor though, that they changed the turf and that was part of it. Kind of giving people a little bit of help, but apparently I don't know. It was wild to me. Interesting. Interesting. But overall, it's always a fun product to see. NFL Network, just fix your shit. <laughs> well, I'm happy you got that out, Andy. Um, follow that up. <laughs> I think it's time we uh, go to our new little segment here where we're going to play a little game. Andy, I have some uh, things written down. 
I want you to tell me what we like. That's what the, the show is called, folks. Things we like, or what do we like? So, Andy. I feel like it, we're just generic here. We definitely like, do we love them, though? What do we like more is a better question. Okay, all right. What do we like more, Andy? So, to start off in Combine will be kind of the basis of what all of these mostly will be focused on, just so you're aware. So, starting off, um, eight, as you know, eight wide receivers ran under 4.4 seconds in the NFL Combine. Including my two Ohio State guys. As well, Mr. Jordan Davis, who is 6'6", 340 pounds, ran a 4.78. So, Andy, what do we like more? Eight receivers running really fast or one big dude running real fast? Um, I mean, in terms of more fun to watch, it's the big dude running real fast. Um, but in terms of how it's going to translate to the NFL and the on-field, I don't care how fast Jordan Davis runs a 40 because – all I care about is the power he has within five yards that he can get after the quarterback. So what do we like more? We like the eight wide receivers sub four. It's just more fun and has more big playability in the NFL. Again, with Jordan Davis in the 40, that's pretty sick. It's incredible athleticism, but the things, I mean, I'm impressed with his vertical and his broad jump. That's what's going to translate really well. It's just the fact that that guy can move like that. But, yes, I'm going to go with the wide receivers on that one. I know you're Well, happy with the receivers because sticking with those wonderful receivers, reports came out going into the combine. The Patriots set up three separate interviews with the receiving class. Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, and Traylon Burks. So, Andy, you tell me, which do we like the most out of those three Patriot interviews? All right. So, there's kind of like a 1A, 1B here because I'm going to go with two former Buckeyes in – Jamison Williams and Jose Olave are the two that I really like in that group. And I do not not like Traylon Burks, if that makes sense. Uh, it's the worst I'm, of the best options. It's not that he's even the worst of the best. It's that we might – he's not Nikhil Harry, but I'm afraid we might if we drafted him, we might use him like Nikhil Harry, and we don't need that kind of thing again. <laughs> Chris Olave, to me, is right there with Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver one in this class. And it's because I've watched enough of all these guys to feel pretty good about that. He's an incredible route runner, incredibly smart. He's a seasoned player. He's a leader. He knows what he's doing out there. You watch him. He is just one of the smoothest route runners you will see. He has the downfield speed. We check that off at the combine. Great hands, and he wins at the catch point. Jamison Williams, the injury doesn't concern me. He's a fast downfield big play threat, and he's got some twitch to him. I would not mind either one of them. The guy I feel safest with in that group is Olave because he can fall back on his route running. And again, he just does everything. Honestly, if you listen to him talk, if you watch him play, you know he's a Patriot player when you see it. But of those three, I'm going to tier them. Olave, Williams right below him, then Burks. Again, I'd be happy with any. I'm afraid of how we'd use Burks. All right. I would probably do Williams Olave, but it's again that it's 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 that. I mean, either the, one's a good yeah. one. <laughs> I feel I feel the safest floor is Olave. He doesn't have the highest ceiling of that group, and I know I'm usually a guy who wants to shoot for high ceilings, but I just really think that that's a safe pick. Williams has the highest ceiling, I think, though. Excellent. Well, Andy, sticking still with receivers. Funny enough. We talked a little bit off show uh, before the combo, but now the combo is coming. It's nobody's surprise. Two distinct position groups outplayed everyone else, the receiver class and the edge class. So after the combo, Andy, what are we liking more right now, the edges or the receivers? I mean, the edges have some studs. <laughs> they got some freaking studs. And I, I think I'm going to go with the edge class in this one because you've already – you saw Hutchinson show off. You saw Thibodeau show off. You saw Trayvon Walker project himself into the top. I don't think he, I think he's a top ten pick at this point. I, I do. I think you've seen you're going to get guys like George Karloftis who falls in the second round potentially because of this. David Ajabo had a great one. Jermaine Johnson is being mocked in the top ten now. Places it, it's a star-studded edge class. Wide receivers, they're good. They're not as good as last year's though. Um, they're not. You know, I would have Jalen Waddell. I would have Jamar Chase, arguably Devontae Smith ahead of a lot of these guys. Um, I think they're good. I think there's – I don't know where the number one is. I think the only guy, guys who have that real potential are 
Wilson and Williams, honestly, to be like true number one receivers. Uh, but I think the edge class, you're going to see a lot of guys who are 10 sack guys in the future or potential around there. I don't know if they're, they're not Nick Bosa. They're not, there's no chase young in this class, but there are a lot of like really solid starters. I feel. I think that's the kind of the uh, consensus of the draft overall. A lot of real good players. There's no blue chip talent. That's the thing. There's no, some of these guys like Hutchinson, you know, Neil, I don't know if they go in the top 10 last year between the quarterbacks and, you know, all those and guys like Rashawn Slater, Penny Sewell, uh, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, all those guys would be ahead of a lot of the guys we see today. This is a draft where if you can get multiple picks, you're going to have multiple starters. You might not have that stud got to pay him the highest amount of money in the league kind of guy, but you can fill out your roster pretty well. And I think that's the theme. I think I heard Daniel Jeremiah say it this way. There's not that much of a difference between like pick six and pick 60. Yeah. Honestly. Like it's not that huge. So I get it. Um, I fully get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes it interesting because it's hard to mock when these guys aren't that much higher than each other. It's very comparable. The only pick that I'm comfortable saying is Aiden Hutchinson will not fall past two. Yes. I mean, if he goes to Detroit, it's almost like a story. Again, that's a storybook, yeah. uh, Cinderella story. Um, excellent. Well, we got two more for you, Andy. We're going to switch away from the combine. <laughs> combine talk. We've been talking about combine for 40 minutes now. So we're going to focus on the NFL real quick. Something we're going to discuss. Firstly, congratulations to David Njoku getting a tag. Moving on from that. Orlando Brown Jr., um, we're receiving a tag. Now, uh, I forget the exact wording of it, but uh, teams are still open to discuss a contract deal, which Kansas City can match anything that comes his way that agrees on with his agent somewhere else. But if that doesn't go through, it'll be $16.8 million on the franchise tag for his. Jesse Bates also getting franchise tag by the Bengals. That'll be $13 million. So, Andy, which of those tags do we like more? Jesse Bates is the leader of that defense. He's a young stud. Orlando Brown, they're bringing it back out of necessity. That's it. <laughs> Jesse Bates, you're bringing back because you need to get a long-term deal done. The Chiefs, they're bringing Orlando Brown back because they traded a first-rounder for him, and they got to continue a Super Bowl run. So and, I like Jesse Bates I mean, a lot more there. To counter-argue, though, they they're, if there is one person, they have to protect Patrick Mahomes over – it's the Joe Burrow rule that they're going <laughs> to do this offseason. They have to do everything they can to keep Joe, uh, Patrick safe. That is very true. And I, You it, didn't throw David Njoku in there? He got the tag, too, today. I mentioned at the beginning I, I, I this very question. I said, congratulations to David Njoku. Oh, I totally tag. missed that. <laughs> but we're going we're to pick him over the other two guys. We're really going to pick him. <laughs> I don't know why they bothered with that, but. It's, it's uh, whatever. Um, also, just real quick, shout out to Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations on protecting Patrick Mahomes. Next should be keeping Brittany and Jackson away from him. That's true. I know the rumors Protect- are fake, but, like, were they that fake? You saw him at the NBA game courtside. You saw that conversation. So, uh, final one, Andy. Want to have a little bit of fun with this one? So, for some reason, recently on the playgrounds of the youth, the gritty has become a staple cultural icon. Justin Jefferson has officially made the most popular touchdown craze dance in the NFL. So, it got me thinking some recent other ones, signature dance moves we got. Oh going God, tell me. What do we like the most from recent history? And don't worry, it's very simple. It's nothing too crazy. So, of course, we have Justin Jefferson's gritty, which is so much fun. <laughs> but let's just bring it back a little bit. Aaron Rodgers, of course, discount, double check every single time. Absolute commercial icon. And just a fun one that was, again, in the 2010s. That I think some of us have forgotten, though. Remember the Victor Cruz salsa? A little, oh, uh, that was a good one. Salsa jig, t- yeah. Wait, do so we have t- those here? What do you like the most? Do we have this T-Bowing an answer? You know what? I'm going to give you Tebow. Tebow counts. Yeah, I forgot about the Tebow. I'm going with that then. You got to go with Tebow. It was iconic. They made South Park episodes about that. Um, but if I'm going to go with your original three, I'm going to go with the discount double check. I respect it's e- it. It's easy. Everyone can do it. And it was literally marketing for State Farm. So. <laughs> I, 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 like the salsa dancing, like there's no I marketing. Like salsa. Aaron Rodgers is literally making himself money every time he did that. I just, I saw the salsa again. I said, oh, I got to do that. Salsa, <laughs> come on. That's so much fun. Victor Cruz, I feel like wasn't that good. And then he just had that dance and it made him like 10 times better. He like, had up one his batting rating. Year. He had yeah, one up his batting rating, five points. Say again? Just up his Madden rating for that. Up his Madden rating. I did. He was, oh man, 35 now. So young. I know. Too bad. He got got screwed over by the injury bug there. His his second year, he had 82 catches, 1,500 yards. 
Yeah. It's a good year. Then after that. And after that. Nah. Nah, nah. It's that <laughs> well, I like that segment, Bob. We're going to bring that back. I'll have some questions for you next week. Sounds good. I got you. A couple other news and notes. We mentioned the franchise tags. JC Jackson not Oof. getting the tag. We've talked about it enough, but he's going to hit the open market. Bob, quick two seconds. Where's he going? Ooh. You know what? Sean the Dark here. Maybe not Sean the Dark. Cincy. That would be impressive. I'm going to go with the Jets. And we'll talk. I'll kind of go into that a little more later. The last big piece of news right here, or two pieces of news. One, a quick college football note. LSU landed a commitment from uh, Arizona State quarterback uh, Jaden Daniels. Huge move for Brian Kelly. Automatically becomes probably the favorite to start for that team. Good mobile quarterback out of the Pac-12. Um, he was the guy who he announced he was going to the transfer portal about a week ago, and there's a video of his teammates cleaning out his locker saying that bleep sucks anyway. <laughs> so he burned a few bridges that – Probably a huge move for LSU in the uh, in the SEC. Brian Kelly wants to compete early. And the biggest piece of NFL news that dropped today, a couple hours before this show, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley, who notably took part of last year off to deal with some Majority. mental health issues. Turns out he was just uh, gambling during that time. Now, I don't know if that's true, if he was just gambling. But he did play some bets on NFL games, including – Falcons. On the Atlanta Falcons. Now, granted, he picked them to win. Bullshit. But, yeah. No, apparently that's true. He put it on the Falcons to win. But, anyway. And he lost suspect. a lot of money. Yeah, no, I think they're saying he might have called the uh, Jaguars game uh, with the Falcons by two. I think they got that one. So, he actually might have won some money. He bet about 1500 he said. Uh, but, yeah, he is suspended for the 2022 season, which is, I feel like that's the most random thing we've seen today, but it's pretty significant. And yeah, obviously it seems like a lot, but you play in the NFL, you have connections. You cannot be betting on games. I know there's people say Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame and everything, you know, for betting on baseball, that was an issue, but that was right. Am I, am I, I'm not, wrong when i say that right it, he was he was gambling right am i blown? yeah, I was, yeah really, oh yeah when he, oh, managed god. Team, he was gambling thank god i just had such i just got really self-conscious there for a minute i'm like yeah it's not even like it's not even calvin sitting on his uh, calvin sitting on his couch not having anything to do with the team pete rose was managing the reds yeah. when he was betting on the games <laughs> that's fair anyway calvin ridley his tweets are fucking hilarious right now though he tweeted the other day right before this came out I learned from my L's. Today, I bet 1500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. I couldn't even watch football at that point. Well, Just going to be more healthy when I come back. I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year, LOL. If you know me, you know my character. Like, dude, what are you doing? First of all, just tell us tell us who you bet on. We don't want to hear it from the reports. Tell us who you bet on. But you can't bet on your own team. That. I don't care if you picked him to win, can't get him to lose. If it what came out that he put like 1500 on like the Ravens Bengals game, would a year seem a little much? Yeah. Yeah. I would get that a little bit, but yeah, you can't bet on the NFL when you play in the NFL or if you work in the NFL, the NFL is literally partnering with sports books. They can't have this shit. So yeah, he's gone for the year can apply for reinstatement for 2023. I bet he'll get back, but we'll see. Calvin Ridley, maybe we've seen the last of him. I don't think we've seen the last of him because, again, he's just, he's very good talent, but he is going to have a it good seems like there's some things next year. Yeah, there seems like there's some things going on there, so we will see. Uh, but that was just like a wild piece of news that dropped today. But uh, I don't have him on my teams. So if you have him in Dynasty – Maybe someone you know hasn't exactly seen the news yet. So go ahead, send him for a third rounder, see what you can get. Have you talked to your cousin yet? I have. Is he not happy? I mean, he's rolling with the punches. He's got A B on that team too. And a lot of punches. <laughs> it's been a well, I told, for him. I, I told you about my uh buddy's buddy who had A B, Calvin Ridley, and Henry Ruggs to start yeah. dynasty last year. Yikes. Pre twenty twenty one. Sounds like a st solid starting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> now, not so much. Uh, all right. Last segment we want to do here tonight. 
want to fix a couple NFL teams. I feel like that's the fun part of draft season is you get to take the bad teams and what can we do to make them a little better? So we're going to start today with the two New York teams and we'll start with the Jets who honestly, they had a pretty rough year last year. They drafted Zach Wilson, number two overall. He had his moments. He definitely showed out at times, but their defense was pretty bad. The offense wasn't efficient and Robert Sala is picking fourth overall this year for a reason. Now they have the two top 10 picks, which is nice. Thanks to the Seattle trade. Um, they walk into the year with 38 million in cap space right now. They've got some talent on this team. You know, Makai Becton, you mentioned Quinton Williams in here, CJ Mosley, Corey Davis. They've got some young pieces too. I mentioned Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore looked like a stud at the end of last year when he was finally healthy and involved in that offense. Uh, Michael Carter had his moments at running back too. And the offensive line, you mentioned McBecton, but we have Elijah Vera Tucker there too. But, Bob, coming into this offseason, as we kind of, you know, start to get into free agency, start to see some guys, you know, potentially get re-signed, tagged, you know, what would be your strategy for rebuilding the Jets? So, Salah's a defensive guy. And as they have the pieces with Mosley, Quinn Williams, but they need that top-tier corner. When he was in San Fran, he had Sherman, who at the time when he was there was a still a top-tier corner playing at a top-tier level, hence they made the damn Super Bowl. Um, so first things first, clear that out of the way. Get a Mard Gardner with the fourth pick. I know that's a little bit of a reach. may seem like a wretch. Hear me out. Just hear me out. Okay. I think with what he did in college and what he's done at the Combine now, it just it's, it's the safest pick. You need a corner. They have – nobody and i know you want to spend big on jc jackson but i'd rather draft gardner pay whatever the hell that's going to cost for a good contract versus the 17 18 20 million that jc jackson is going to want for corner money sorry just i don't i, I think jc jackson is a very good corner not a great corner all these uh, right, so, i get that first things first is get that corner get that lockdown guy I can kind of trust with the process down um excuse me down for future uh, years to come and kind of the second piece I would definitely focus on is getting some help with the offensive line, um, whether that's a draft or free agency. Mekhi Becton is a great tackle. I think he's a phenomenal tackle. He was injured this past year, but dude's huge. Dude's good. You got your left tackle figured out. Don't need to worry about that. Figure out the rest. It's the same Joe Burrow. We need Zach Williams to get some uh, Zach Wilson to get some time. Get that going. You have Corey Davis. That's somebody that uh, he can trust. Throw to still add some more pieces as needed. But I wouldn't stress getting a top tier receiver you can definitely get somebody later in the draft for example third second round and that's kind of the first immediate processes i would go for with the jets i like that i think you definitely hit on the pieces they need to address here for me i'm not going to take gardner at the fourth pick i like that i understand your reasoning i think that's a little rich for that spot um if i am looking at the fourth pick i'm picking an offensive lineman or i'm taking Thibodeau at that pick. You want to get – if you're picking number four overall, I want to get the highest value I can for the position. Now, if Ike Aquano is there, I'm plugging him in at right tackle. I have a force on the right side. I'm good with Becton on the left and then Vera Tucker in the middle – in the uh, on the left guard spot. You can fill out the rest of free agency. You can bring in guys. Um, I think they should be fine there. Otherwise, I'm putting Thibodeau in there to put an opposite set – on the opposite side, I was. Thank you. No, I struggled there. I'm picking Thibodeau to put on the opposite side of Carl Lawson, who's coming back. I think everyone kind of forgot about him. Big sign for the Jets. Uh, big pass rusher out of Cincinnati. He was coming off a good season. Towards Achilles. Now, sounds like he's going to be back. If you can put him and Thibodeau or him and Trayvon Walker together, that's a good combination. So with those two first-round picks, I do want – a pass rusher, and I'd like an offensive lineman. Does Charles Cross fall to 10? Or, you know, if he's gone, do I wait? Do I take Sauce Gardner if he's at 10? Who knows? Derek Stingley will fall. Um, but I think you definitely need one of those guys. One thing I'm going to address in the rounds two and three, where they have two second-round picks, um, they need tight ends. They need something. They got nothing there. Uh, I'm going to be – I've seen drafts where they've double-dipped in, in that second, third round, and – I've seen him come out with, um, oh my gosh, who's the Colorado State kid? Am I? No, this is going to bug me. 
Wait. Hold on. No, 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 no. That's if I can't think of this. Trey McBride. Oh my gosh. Sorry. There it is. Um, I've seen the quote. Trey McBride, it's... Colorado State tight end, pass catcher, and Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. They need to give Zach Wilson more weapons. I want to see them get another wide receiver. Again, it depends where you're going to go in the draft. You can get all these guys in the draft at some point. First three rounds, you can get a pass rusher, an offensive lineman, a cornerback, a a wide receiver, and a tight end. You can check all those off. Free agency, you've got money to spend. Do they go out and get a Dalton Schultz? That would be an impressive thing to see. They have the money to spend on J.C. Jackson. If I'm looking at signing a cornerback versus picking up or drafting a cornerback, I'm going to side with signing one because, one, less valued position than than an edge rusher. I'd rather pay a guy $17 million now than $30 million to an edge rusher when he's got a second contract coming up. Um, so you're just getting more value there. Number two, it takes a while to adjust to the game in the NFL. So I'd like a guy who's a little bit more seasoned, knows the AFC East already. So if honestly, this would be my perfect scenario. Take Thibodeau at number four overall. Take a guy like Trevor Penning or Charles Cross at 10. Sign J.C. Jackson. Sign Dalton Schultz. Pick up one tight end in the second round. Pick up Jahan Dotson or something in the second round as well. That would be ideal. But the pro- the thing that they have to come out of this, this free agency slash draft period with is weapons and protection for Zach Wilson, at least an edge rusher, and at least one cornerback. And I think they have the money and the draft capital to do it. Respect. Either way, I think they have. I think Joe Douglas can turn this team around this year. I, I do believe in Zach Wilson's talent. Um, he definitely showed at the end of last year. It's the AFC East. Yes, the Bills are really good, but they're not undefeatable. This division can be taken by a good team. I respect it, Andy. All right. All right. Let's go to the other New York team, the Giants. This one is not so hopeful. (laughs) New York Giants. (laughs) Yeah, this one, Joe Sheen and Brian Dable taking over. It is not a good spot. We're coming into this into free agency. Now they have some moves they can make, I'm sure. Uh, But Dave Gettleman left out, actually. What? So, sorry, just to kind of cut you off, my apologies. But as I'm going to point out, they're almost negative 8 million um, in uh, cap space right now. It's not great. It's not great. But three quick things you could do. You cut James Bradbury, Blake Martinez, and Sterling Shepard. I uh, can get that up to close to $20 million, uh, in positive cap space, just for clarification, because they're pretty you know, it's not a lot to work with. But you, you have to get you have to make that system work. You have to get over the cap. And James Bradbury is their best corner. You would suck the cap. Maybe you can restructure it. But just I mean, Blake Martinez and Sterling Shepard, I don't think that's a question. They're, they're, that's still Goodbye. Injury prone and not good. <laughs> exactly. So there's a few moves they can make kind of immediately before the um, June 1st deadline, um, just to kind of immediately get some numbers on their books. So not too concerned about playing the cap game because, like you know, in the NFL, when you look at what are the Saints at? Are the Saints at negative 80 million? <laughs> I think they were at negative 47 last I checked. 47. And you know what? They're gonna they're gonna start the year positive somehow. I guarantee. The Saints. It doesn't matter how they do it. They will still sign guys, and they will still somehow be twenty million over at one point. Now they'll so jump back down to negative sixty-seven. But by they'll Taysom do it. Hill, the one year sixty million dollar restructure. It's crazy. <laughs> it's all a bonus. What? <laughs> so um, that Taysom Hill contract is the one contract in the NFL. I will. I will truly never understand. And I, it's, it's like, I, I don't know. I just, uh, whatever. Um, so uh, other than the Houston uh, Texans, you could argue that the Giants honestly have the least amount of talent on an NFL roster. It's Leonard Williams is there. Not going to argue it. Good player. Good job. Solid player. Let's solid. Okay. But who, who do you got after that? Saquon. He's and talented. <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> Has his moments. James Bradbury is probably going to get cut. It's not looking good. <laughs> so, with the Giants actually being in a very good draft position, similar to the Jets, with five and seven, then early second round pick as well. First things first, let's get some offensive line help because their O line is absolute trash. So, honestly, whether it's Cross, Ikime, um, 
anyone else really just take the best tackle available, sure that side up, get that set away for whether it's Daniel Jones or whoever they want to go with going forward in the future. Done. Call it day. Next, I would definitely get a better edge rusher to complement Leonard Williams. Your best bet, you having a solid defense going forward, is to be able to rush three, four guys, get to the quarterback. And with the uh, class you have right here, getting you know Trayvon Walker, somebody that drops for early on, definitely big. And then obviously with that late sec- early second round pick, maybe take a quarterback, maybe take a receiver to help Daniel Jones, depending on how you want to go with things. Um, there's a lot of pieces you really you really can't go wrong with. And then unfortunately, you're gonna have to play kind of the rookie card game for most of the year, sign some cheap contracts here and there, because again, twenty million dollars in cap space is not a lot to work with. Maybe get some guard help, some cheap guard help, hitting somebody to help Daniel Jones again. Um, maybe find a cheap corner, um, Ward or um, Seattle kid whose name is forgetting me. DJ um, Reed or D. Yes. Yeah. And there's just there's really not any significant JC Jackson level type of player that they can bring in just based off cap standpoint alone to uh, kind of make a significant impact on the team. So kind of begin the rebuild because you have to recognize it is a rebuild right now. Take this year as almost a net loss. Get rid of who you have to get rid of. Take the contract hits. Draft the young talent you want to help build. And then look at the fong here to continue it. No, I can agree with you more. And, you know, I think they – obviously, Dable and Joe Sheen, the new GM, are coming over from Buffalo, where the last few years you've seen what they've done. Aside for Josh Allen, their early picks have been linemen. They build from the offensive defensive line out. They'll sign guys. Um at five and seven, I think you just you get you take a defensive lineman, you take an offensive lineman. Is mm-hmm. Cross or Ikiakuanu there? You take them at five. If it's Trayvon Walker at seven, or if you want to jump at David Ajabo maybe early, you grab him. I understand that, and I think that's the best way to go. Do we see Sauce Gardner go at five or seven? Could see it, especially if James Bradbury goes. And by the way, if he gets cut, he might just switch New York teams. <laughs> it would make sense. But in terms of you got to help both the defensive line, it's just how you're going to start this rebuild. Daniel Jones, they're saying the right things, and I think playing him is the right decision because you got to tank at this point. You, you're not playing for anything. You have this team doesn't have a future right now. What you can do is take some guys, add talent to this team, develop it. You have a few young guys who play pretty well. Aziz Ojolari had some moments last year, outside linebacker, edge rusher. I think he had like eight and a half sacks. Xavier McKinney is a is a talented safety. You have a Dory Jackson still. It's not a great contract, but yeah, you have him on your team signed for a little while. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is pretty solid in the middle. Andrew Thomas is starting to come along as a left tackle. And then you have Kadarius Toney, who when he played and wasn't having some weird shit going on, he was actually really good. So there's a few young pieces here you can build around. But in my opinion, for the Giants, just build the trenches out and then hope that you have a high pick next year and you're aiming for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, one of these top quarterbacks that are going to be coming out. Yeah. Like hit the nails on the head. <laughs> it's better to be fireman Ed right now than it is Giants fan. Which is so it's not sure. great. But I think the Jets, their turn that that team can turn it around a lot faster than a lot of other bad teams can. Because they have Zach Wilson, and I think he's good. I do think he's a talent. I think he played with a bad team last year, and I think he can continue to improve. And Elijah Moore looks like a legit weapon. Um, Again, they just have to sign some guys and add some talent, but they have the money to do it. But Giants, this is a two- or three-year rebuild. Daniel Jones is honestly not that bad a quarterback. I think he'll go get a chance somewhere else, but – he just – he never had a shot. No. And he, what is it? Damara. Mara said that as much, right? Yep. Yeah. Mara, just, who sucks and likes the taunting rules in the NFL too. Just, he's – they all suck. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Yep. And one final shout-out to the owners of baseball. Politely go fuck yourself. Let's have some baseball. I miss baseball. You're you're. I I understand that they try everything they can to say the players are doing this and this. And you know what? I will say probably 20% goes on the players. Because like you saw the thing where they're getting mad about the one year versus forty five day notice, which the players gave up by the way. Uh, then there's a pitch clock and stuff like that. F that. B- bigger you know, bases. You billionaires are being cheap, cheap pricks. Get baseball back on games, please. I want baseball. I want my baseball. Can we just make it happen, please? 
after March Madness, I don't really know what I'm going to do with myself. So I mean, well, I mean Celtics and Bruins. I, mean, I just want to, I just want a day drink at Fenway. That's all I want. And actually, one final point I want to make, Andy. I heard it on the radio this morning, so I will give credit to that. As of today, we can mark today, maybe 2019 when Cam Newton is quarterback. But you can mark this week after the Celtics and Bruins weekends with a F three seven. What? Three seven. I'm marking this down. The Patriots are the for the first time in about 20 years are the worst team in New England. Really? By that measurement, I'm saying the furthest away from winning a championship. You know what? I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. The NBA is wide open at this point. I don't know hockey, to be honest Bruins with doing, you. Bruins are white hot right now. Okay. Bruins are good. Red Sox, it's baseball. It's all we have a team. Now, the one count I would, would hear was baseball has to happen. So, technically, it's true. it happened, Red Sox the worst team. Okay, so technically, we'll go with third or fourth, but the odds aren't great. But, no, I agree with you. That I I wouldn't think – I didn't think about that one, but it makes sense. And it's kind of sad, but also I feel like it opens us up for the future because we know the Patriots will be back at some point. 100%. Oh, real quick, congratulations to Robert Kraft getting engaged over the weekend. Give him a little round of applause. Happy marriage and happy future to him and his future wife. That'll last, like, what, 10 years maybe? Love has no age, Andy. Come on. Yeah, but Robert Kraft does. God bless you, Bobby. <laughs> I think I think we'll call it. <laughs> That's where we call it, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we call it. We love you, Bob Kraft. We love you, listeners. Make sure to give me give us a follow at Bobby underscore da at Nace Guy Boston. Follow Guy Boston Sports. We'll get this, we'll get the audio up tomorrow and we'll be back next week. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear. Peace. Peace. <laughs>